January 1st, 2012. Welcome to Kevin's Old Blast Radio. So, uh, I just recently did a show about SOPA and Protect IP, and I decided, well, you know what, we're getting a little bit of a winter storm here, and there's nothing really going on, there's no recordings going on for a Sunday night, you know, I didn't really feel up to doing a video game news radio show, because I haven't really played anything other than Star Wars, and, um, you know, I'm not really far enough into that yet to give it a fair review, and December tends to be a bit of a time of drought with games. So, not really going to put one on. I might do one next week, but we'll see how it goes. The um, guys and I are going to probably do another Midwest Wasteland on the 15th. Uh, that's a Sunday. We're going to be talking um, in general. Uh, it's going to be an experiment of a show. Rather than having a theme or a topic, uh, we're just going to talk about whatever. I want to see how long we can actually generate conversation based on that. I mean, I'm probably just going to ask them, you know, have you guys seen any movies, you know, been to any shows, you know, what's been going on, that kind of stuff. But it's all going to be kind of freeform, and uh, we'll see what sort of um, develops out of it. Because one of the problems uh, that we have these days, um, which is different than when the show first started, was that we really don't even see each other very often. Uh, We kind of go to certain events, like we'll go to a show like a concert or something, or um, like, for instance, this coming up weekend, we're all going out to the bar. But uh, those sorts of things are actually once every, you know, couple of months or something, and outside of that, we don't really hang out or talk to each other. Um, I see Larry probably um, more than I see most of the other guys. I I can go over Don Anderson's house whenever I pretty much want to. He's always available every night. Uh, He always has people over his place in the evening time. Um, But, you know, it's it's just a little bit boring over there, you know, I mean, I like going over there once in a while, but, I mean, he'll even tell you, he'll be like, eh, it's dull, you know, he's just there, and, I mean, if he could do something else, he would, you know, but he, you know, financially, and that kind of thing, it's not like he's gonna have the circus inside his house, so, um, you know, it's just one of those things, and, um, so, but, I mean, it's cool, I mean, I'll go over there occasionally, you know, there's people over there I talk to, Adam, and Bob Marr, and, you know, all those people that are on Tumbling and Tumbleweed all the time, um, so it's cool, but generally, it, you know, he kind of, Don also lives in like this, like one of the furthest parts out in the county. I mean, there's this little town called Olmsted Falls, and he's way out in the corner of the county, and it's just kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit far. I mean, I admit that I'm kind of like far away from everyone as well, because I'm kind of in the southern part of the county, but, um... Dude is just kind of, like, far away from everyone. I mean, Larry's actually just up the street from me. Brian, he went out of the county. He's out in Eastlake. And uh, nobody goes and visits him because he's just way too far away. And uh, Corber lives in Cleveland. But um, Cleveland, you know, because we have the lake, right, uh, to the north of the city, um, and we have the river. So the river divides... Uh, the east side of Cleveland and the west side of Cleveland. The river kind of runs through, cut the Cuyahoga River uh, through the center, and um, basically the west side of Cleveland um, and the east side are pretty segregated. It's a pretty segregated type of thing. Um, And Jason lives on West 134th Street in Puritus. Not the best neighborhood, um, but that's just kind of where he's at. So that's more up to the north and uh, a, a bit too far away for everybody to really go as well, and, um, 
who else is left? Cease lives actually close to me. He's just actually around the corner. But, um, you know, he's got his girlfriend and all this stuff. Don Cease actually did um, get a new job. Uh, I talked to him about uh, getting on the show and doing a, um, an interview thing for this because there was a request for that on the um, on the Oblast forum post on videogamenews.com in the forums in case you want to choose the topic for the next Oblast. Feel free to post it in there. Uh, and um, he said he might do it, but, you know, that guy, his time and everything. But he did end up getting a new job. I, I forget the name of the company. He's going to be a manager and everything of uh, two people doing maintenance. Um, and, you know, it's really good. I, I, I really hope it works out for him. He's been kind of um, struggling financially. I mean, not like a lot of these other guys that are on here that always sound like they're at death's door. Uh, Don's actually pretty good with his money. You know, he works pretty hard and everything, but... At the same time, I mean, it's uh, it's paycheck to paycheck for him, so um, it'll be good for him to finally get something where he can kind of get on his feet a little bit and um, maybe, yeah, you know, I don't know. He, he'll probably always live paycheck to paycheck. That dude's got money. He wants to go out and blow it. So whatever, but, you know, at least his, his situation's improving, so that's cool. So um, we'll probably do a Midwest Wasteland on the 15th and talk about whatever. We'll see who shows up. Uh, Anderson and Larry both said they'll be there. Brian's always kind of a, you know, it depends on his mood type of thing. And um, the other two, Corber and Cease, are just sort of, you know, up in the air. Uh, as for Jedi, he's always welcome to join us um, on those shows. But, you know, the UFC, I think, tends to be on on Sundays or something. I have no idea. Football, I, I don't know what it is. But he, I think he actually has other things that he wants to do these days. So um, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I think he's trying to get a job now. He's out of college. Got his job career thing going on. Um, I hope it works out for him. I know the economy's rough right now to get stuff. Uh, I noticed he was trying to get a sales job. I don't know if he landed that or not. Um, whatever. You know, I hope it works out for him. It's, it's it's rough out there. But if you can get something good, I mean, he's got the degree now. He's got like two degrees, you know, and uh, some other college. And you know, he's freaking, um, he's got all the education. And he's got some banking experience. So at this point, I mean, I think the guy's, He's probably pretty good if you're going to, you know, hire somebody in. I mean, he's, he's got all the right stuff, so hopefully it works out for him. Probably be like, nope, you're too old now. You've been in school too long. Uh, you're not, you're not going to get the job. So anyway, uh, I had a request uh, to do an old blast on the current situation in North Korea. And if you don't ever listen to this show, you may have, or if you ever have, you may have noticed that I've done a, sh- did a show on North Korea before. I actually spend an inordinate amount of time reading about North Korea. I have about a dozen bookmarks on North Korea that I check in infrequently. Um, and uh, they cover all the happenings in the news. I, I read um, parts of um, Kim Il-sung's book, the, uh, I, I always call it Jush. I'm not sure if that's actually how they pronounce it, you know, because they're Korean and everything. Um, so they probably have some way of saying it that's proper. Um, but it's their self-reliance manifesto thing that was written um, by their, you know, uh, president for life, their original leader. And, um, I follow them mostly because, uh, you know, I got interested in them, uh, when I realized that, you know, it was the most heavily militarized, um, location on the planet, you know, that we have, uh, somewhere around 30,000 troops, uh, stationed there. And the, uh, South Koreans have like 700,000 troops. I mean, if you think about South Korea for a minute, right? Here's a country, it's not at war right? And it's just like any other Asian country. It's it's at the bottom of a peninsula. 
and it is um, not really in any sort of um, aggressive uh, posturing towards any other nation. I mean, pretty much friendly with just about everyone. There could be some tensions with China. I'm not sure, you know. Um, but they also have the backing of the United States, right? So, you know, like Japan has the backing of the United States and th that sort of thing. So, you know, you wouldn't think that they would need to have uh, 700,000 active duty personnel, but that's what they have, you know. And the reason is, is because of the North, they have over a million active duty personnel um, wanting to basically invade their country. Uh, it would be like if Canada was, like, completely heavily militarized, you know, and we were all just, like, uh, sitting here on the border, like, um, going, well, we better build a bunch of bombs and rockets and line up troops and everything all along the border of Canada and barbed wire it and, you know, landmines and missiles and artillery and, I mean, you know, it, that's kind of what it would be like. And you'd be like, well, why aren't we just friends? I mean, they're just like us, you know, they're just... They're just like, you know, almost the same, you know. Oh, no, they're different. No, you know, different ideology, same people, though, in their case. So, um, but yes, okay, so, you know, basically what happened was with um, North Korea was the fact that uh, it was one of these countries that, you know, uh, when the Japanese left after World War II, uh, the government was weak, and there was a, um, you know, uh, a split in ideology that kind of went on between the uh, the communists and um, I, you know I guess you would just say you know um, the democratic uh, people in in the south I'm not sure if they were you know nationalists or uh, whatever they called them and you know there was basically a a, a um, a war, you know, that happened, and, uh, they, you know, they call it a police action at the time, but basically the North uh, swooped down and almost took over the whole South, and the Americans managed to uh, hang on in, in a pretty precarious situation until reinforcements came in, and the, uh, the North Koreans were stretched probably too thin and had to retreat, and eventually there was a UN, you know, there was some back and forth, you know, MacArthur drove them all the way up north, then the Chinese came in, and, uh, you know, we, we were fighting the Chinese there for a while, and MacArthur wanted to basically, you know, pretty much go nuclear on the Chinese at the end of the day. I mean, he wanted to just push everything we had at him to, to just knock him out. And, um, you know, he was relieved, and uh, they uh, basically had a UN agreement and created this, um, this dividing line uh, uh, of uh, the north and the south. So, the North, you know, has been controlled by, um, you know, the, 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 Kim, the Kim family, basically. And um, they, uh, th the leadership, you know, started out with your standard communist sort of uh, ideology. And for the most part, you know, in the early days of the Korean people, you know, they were getting money from uh, the Soviet Union. And with that kind of money, they probably had a, you know, I wouldn't say a good economy. I would just say that people there probably um, were living okay. You know, I mean, they don't have that big of a population to begin with. I think it's somewhere around 30 million people at the most. And um, it may not even be that many at this point. And, and so the thing is, is it's a very mountainous country. 
So they had these, you know, um, this communist system where you had, you know, the, the whole thing was being implemented. You know, it was the, the government controls everything. They say, you're going to work on a farm. We're going to feed you. We're going to clothe you. And you're going to do you're going to do your job. And, you know, sometimes those situations is as bad as, you know, we see them as capitalists. You know, the thing is, is that when you're in those situations and you don't know any better, um, you don't necessarily think that they're all that bad. Because, I mean, imagine your life, okay, and you basically, you know, today, like I go, I get up, I live someplace, right, and I go to a job, and I come home, and I get a check, and I pay bills, and I have worries, right, just like everybody has worries. I worry, like, if I'll ever lose my job, if I'll have enough money for things, if I may, all my bills are paid, did I forget anything, oh, crap, i got to have car insurance, I have to have homeowner's insurance, I have to have all this stuff, got to make sure it's all paid for, I don't want to get ripped off, blah, 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 blah. This is the same sort of stuff that we all deal with in a capitalist country. You know, do I have medical insurance? Do I have... Um, uh, do I, you know, am I going to be able to afford food? Am I going to be able to afford medicine, etc.? In a communist country, in a communist country that's doing well, okay, which may have been may have been North Korea at the time, um, you don't really worry about all that stuff. Now, you might not like your job. You might be like, look, I don't want to be a freaking pipe bender. I don't want to work at the pipe bending station all day and just bend pipe. You know, and they'd be like, shut your mouth. You're going to bend pipe for the greater glory of North Korea, you know. But... You don't have you don't have any other worries, you know. I mean, it's like you kind of just like you have a place to live, and you have food, and you have um, whatever they give you, you know. I mean, it's like oh, cool, we got television, we got a house, you know, we got a wife. Uh, there's there's entertainment, you know. We got to do the play, we got the the you know. It, it's it's there's things going on. And now listen, I realize that we all I. I have studied and read about communist stuff like you wouldn't believe, okay? And there was a really good um, PBS special. Um, it was actually out of England at the time, and it was like it was called Life After the Iron Curtain. And they went into three of the Eastern Bloc countries, um, Czechoslovakia, um, Romania, and... Uh, can't remember the third one, but anyway, they went in and they, you know, they talked about the historical events of when communism took over these countries that were basically, you know, democratic at the time and, you know, for 50 years lived under uh, communist rule. And, um, you know, a lot of people didn't like it, of course, but there was people, there were people, not crazy people, I mean, ordinary people that said, you know, it was, they, they liked it better. And, and you will see, you know, in like Russia today, there's a communist party and people want communism to come back, you know, and in a lot of these Eastern Bloc countries, there's a communist party that wants, you know, communism to come back. And, you know, I'm sure that those people were the people that were probably living pretty good on it. But, you know, this one woman said, look, you know, I had, when I had my, my, my kid, you know, living, oh, East Germany was the other one. She said, when I had my kid living in East Germany, uh, the, um, I had a, uh, you know, I had help. I had a person come and help me with the child. Medical care was free. You know, I never had to worry about anything. If I needed a babysitter, it was all taken care of. It was all there for me. Now I've got nothing, you know. And, you know, in, in some ways that's true because, in the, you know, if you're in the United States and you're a single mother, for instance, and, um, you know, you have a kid and you, you, you 
your husband left you and he's not paying child support or whatever, you know, you have your family maybe if you have a family, but you basically don't, you don't, you know, you have a very difficult situation in, in a capitalist system versus a communist system because in the communist system, at the end of the day, you'd still have your place to live, you'd still have your food, you'd still have your medicine, you know, and, um, probably any number of other sort of things that you can get. But when communist systems go bad, which is what often happens because they're mismanaged horribly, um, you end up with uh, only the elite personnel getting everything and the rest of the people barely making it, struggling to survive, um, being imprisoned, uh, treated like crap, and, and, you know... Uh, having a, a horrible life because they don't have any rights. You know, this, the, the, it's one of these things where all their rights are taken away from them. You, you almost think that like some sort of a, maybe like a constitutional communist system uh, would be a better, you know, a, a better end or something. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think communism necessarily works all that well. I think capitalism definitely is the is the better solution, but... Um, it is interesting, though, some socialist policies seem like they might make more sense in the long run um, than uh, than capitalists, especially when you're talking about more of the people that are sort of uh, down and out and depleted. But anyway, so, um, so here you got North Korea. North Korea uh, has this, um, this leadership, um, Kim Il-sung, and uh, he, you know, led the country up until he died in 1994, which was after the fall of the of the Iron Curtain. And uh, you know, he left it all to his son Kim Jong Il. And uh, you know, the, the whole thing had become mostly a, um, you know, it, 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 best way to describe it is that it's just a cult of personality. I mean, you had this guy that, you know, ruled the whole country and and sort of um, made all the decisions and everything, but. In truth, it's it's really not what you think it is. The news media will give you an idea, okay, that the people are brainwashed, that they all believe that this guy is the, you know, like a god or whatever, and that he lives, you know, and he's watching over all the people, and he is president for life, and all the people believe all this stuff. They don't believe all of that, okay? I mean, I'm sure there's some crazy people that do, they don't believe all this stuff, okay? They have to believe it. I mean, if you ask them about it, and you go there and you say, well, what do you think? I mean, they're being watched by their own government. Of course, they're going to be like, oh, he's a god, you know? Just stop talking to me because I'm going to get killed if I say the wrong thing to you, you know? Of course, that's what they're going to say. But the thing is, is that the, the, the real situation over there, okay, is that you have a lot of military people. The military gets all preferred preferential treatment and the way that the kim family manages to control the military as well as the people okay is that the kim family is the bank of the country so if you're the military you control all the military and you could go in and you could probably arrest the whole kim family and take the whole thing down and take it apart but do you have the passwords to the Swiss bank accounts? Do you have the money? Do you have all of the information to bring money into the country? No! These people don't know anything. They don't have it. So all of the money that's being bankrolled goes through the Kim family. So, 
Now we have sanctions and all these things on the on North Korea, and they struggle with that, and they try and come up with ways to continue to make the money in order to control their government and their people, their military. And one of the ways they do this, okay, at first was that they actually went and, I guess, apparently purchased um, printing presses that were capable of making a very, very good um, counterfeit American dollars. And they printed out a whole bunch of them, and we figured it out, and we shut their banks down because of that. I mean, we basically made it so their banks couldn't work uh, you know, and we ended up going after some Chinese banks too, Bank of Macau and in Macau and things like that, in order to stop um, th- this counterfeit situation from working. And then, of course, we ended up changing our dollar bills in such a way that they would not be able to um, use their printing presses anymore in order to counterfeit them. Um, but that was a pretty, you know, pretty big surprise. But that was one of the ways that they were trying to get around it. In recent years, you know, they do still sell arms. They they will sell missile technology and things to mostly enemies of the United States, Iran. Um, they did sh- ship missiles to Yemen at one point. Um, but, uh, you know, mostly uh, what they've been doing is they've been outsourcing their technical expertise to other countries. And that includes, if you have, like, a lot of iPhone games, that kind of thing, uh, you will find that uh, a lot of them have actually been made in North Korea. Uh, they also will take their people and send them over to other countries uh, in order to work, and they will send the checks back to the North Korean government. Um, For instance, in Libya, uh, there was about 200 doctors and, uh, I believe, engineers from North Korea uh, working for the Libyan government um, to, you know, be there for their people. And now that they've had that whole revolution over there, or whatever you want to call it, the um, North Koreans are actually unable to go home. And one of the reasons they, North Korea doesn't want them to go home is because they're worried that now that they've been exposed to life outside of North Korea and the fact that they have seen the revolution take place in this other country, that they don't want them to come back and contaminate the uh, people that are there and everything that they know. So they're actually not letting them come back to their homeland. North Korea. So, now, Kim Jong-il, he dies. Um, you know, they said he had a stroke earlier. You know, he was basically on a train. Uh, he only moved by train. He didn't like to fly. I don't even know if they have any aircraft that works very good in North Korea anymore. I never hear about any of their planes. Um, they can't afford to fly the damn things anyway. So, Kim Jong-il died, and you have his third son, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, or uh, it sounds like Une or something, uh, it depends on which, um, or Uns, depends on which interpretation you read, um, is now in charge. And very little is know about, known about him. Uh, he's European educated, and uh, you know, he came back home. Uh, he's got a mess of hair, and uh, he's he's pretty young, 24, I think it is. And um, he's basically ordered a, a military, you know, uh, he told the military basically to, to, to go home, to, to like, um, go back to base, bunker up, no more operations while, while things are going on. 
um, which basically allows him to look like he has total control of the military. Uh, everybody's sworn allegiance to him. Um, he's basically um, the new sovereign ruler. And uh, the reason is, is because uh, the people that are the old men that are in charge of the military uh, have a vested interest in keeping everything status quo. Okay, Their families, their houses, their mansions, their cars, their everything um, that they have over there, uh, they don't want to upset the balance that they've had. And so, you know, they basically put their hand, you know, their, their effort back, you know, within this guy, and they basically say, you know, keep everything status quo, and we'll be cool with you, you're cool with us, that kind of thing. And uh, Kim Jong-un has started a crackdown on um, potential of anybody trying to leave. Everybody is basically under um, curfew. Everybody has to stay inside if you try to leave the country or you try to leave your house. If you just walk around on the street, um, you could be arrested and or um, killed or sent to one of their prison camps. This is because they don't want anybody to try and leave the country right now. They don't want anything to go wrong. They want to just have this sort of mourning period that happens with them, and then they will uh, slowly start to, um, uh, you know, just have more news about things that the 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 new the new leadership is doing, which none of it really matters. I mean, Kim Jong Il. Uh, the current ruler's uh, now deceased father, um, he only made one speech in his whole life to his people, okay? I mean, the rest of the time, he just um, is talked about or seen or something, you know? He doesn't go out and, and make big speeches. He doesn't appear on television and talk to his people. He's not that kind of a leader. He's not pounding his fist on a mantle. He's not Hitler in, in that sense, you know? He's not um, making grandiose promises or anything. He just sort of existed out on, on the sideline and examines things. God knows what happens inside their, you know, their conference halls when they're talking to the, 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 the people in the government, but that's just sort of how it is. Now, the problem is, okay, is that North Korea is pretty crippled when it comes to money, and the people are not getting enough food, and they don't have enough basic resources. A lot of people think that the North Koreans will, at some point, rise up and uh, take their government back. Um, that's just not likely to happen. And the reason is, is because it's too much of a military-controlled um, system that's that's based on a lot of uh, independent leaders spread out over the thing, um, all controlled from you know the Kim family at the top. So, like, if you were a rebel band, you know, that you managed to convince your local military group to start the revolution, right? Um, you can't really get very far. It's not like the desert warfare that happens in Libya or any of these other countries, because, you know, these people, North Koreans are up in the mountains, and they're in bunkers, and they're in steel doors, and the, you've got to just, like, have, you know, crazy equipment. You can't just drive Toyota trucks around with with machine guns on them, and try and take these guys out. The whole country is militarized, you know? So when the military is going to fight, it's going, you know, the rebels are never going to have a chance. And then the climate isn't good enough for them to have any sort of, um, you know, chance up in the mountains, you know, without freezing to death. And there's not enough food. I mean, you can't even organize a freaking... Uh, a long-term, like, uh, military action because your guys are going to starve to death. So, 
you know, therein lies, you know, one of the one of the bigger problems. And the fact is, is that Pyongyang, the the capital of the country, is um, the the most well off. And you know, this is where anybody that's you know got anything lives. So those people are completely behind the Kim family, and they'll be able to defend whatever you know. Uh, people try to rise up against them because they're just going to be better equipped, better armed, and more into it, basically. They have tons and tons of equipment. You would have to have a complete military takeover happen, which is just really not going to happen. I mean, I think that the, the people in the military in the North Koreans are probably just afraid, you know, and not just of their own government, but just afraid of the, the Americans and the South Korean government. I mean, they don't know exactly what they want to do. I think most of them, when they try to defect, they try to go up to China because South Korea is scary for them. I mean, it happens occasionally. You would think that, you know, it would be okay because they're close by, and it does. They Some of them run to the border in the south, but a lot of them go to the border in the north. So, what can happen, okay, is most likely nothing. I don't think you're going to see a big um, status change in, in the government unless um, the new leader decides to be more... Um, interested in opening doors that his father was not. Meaning, you know, to have those conversations with the South and to make things sort of um, easier for his country by making concessions and things in order to help um, bring about some change. I, I, I don't think it'll happen, you know, but that would be about it. I, I don't think the opposite's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see it go nuclear. I don't think... You're going to see them attack the South Koreans. Bottom line is, is that this is a regime that wants to stay in power. They want to stay in power. They want to keep getting paid. They want to keep doing what they're doing. Going to war would be the end of their complete government and their people. Their nation would be completely destroyed. They know it. They know it completely. They're not crazy. Okay? They just, you know, they're... The only way that they can get anything is by, you know, shooting off a rocket or bombing a town or something um, in order to make a big racket to show the world that they're there and that people need to, like, pay attention to them. Because um, otherwise, I mean, I think we would all just ignore them. You know, we would just be like, well, whatever. You know, they're up in the mountains. They're going to figure their own thing out. You know, so they, they make a big ruckus. and uh, But that's about it. Because anything more than that, um, especially now, I mean... After they ended up bombing the island in the south and causing the people there to, um, the government there to get very, very agitated, um, the North Koreans are probably not going to cause any more kind of um, uh, incursions on the south because the south will probably retaliate um, with uh, severe force. And that could be dangerous. Um, uh, however, I, I still don't think that the North Koreans can put up much of a fight. They don't have enough food. They don't have enough um, supplies. They don't have enough fuel. You know, I'm sure they have enough bullets and they have enough guns and they have enough crazy, hungry North Koreans that could come over the border in some big wave at first, but they have no ability to have any sort of long-term action. I mean, they just don't have a, an air force. Uh, they don't have any kind of way of stopping um, us from just completely pulverizing them. And, and it's just something that they know. Uh, it's sad, really. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you have this country that's basically, it's the same people. You know, the North and the South Koreans are the same people. And 
really they should just be unified and and the north should just really i mean honestly they should just give this communism stuff up i mean it's 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 silly this the south koreans are much more prosperous they know that they're much more prosperous so why are they trying to like um you know go against it you know obviously this self-reliance thing that they're working on in the north just doesn't work i mean and it's like it's silly you know they they think if they have the South that it'll work for them or something. If the Americans are gone and the country was unified and it was all communist, it would work. I mean, that's that's just crazy. And, and you, you think to yourself, well, this this new guy, maybe he'll know that and maybe they'll try to come up with some sort of un, you know reunification. I think the hard thing about reunification is the simple thing is what do you do with the old regime? You have a regime that controls everything and has all the money and you can't suddenly say, well, your family's going to now be broke and you're going to have to go get a job, you know? I almost think that you have to introduce it sort of like the, um, almost like the old Chinese system when they took um, the emperor and put him in his own little city and walled it up and said, well, there you go, you know, you got your city and you got your money and you can live out your days in there, but, um, you know, we're, the rest of the country is going to be democratic, you know, but then look what happened there, the country became, you know, communist, so that didn't really work out for them. Um, I'm not too worried about North Korea right now. I worry more about their nuclear ambitions and and maybe shipping um, their nuclear materials elsewhere. You know, um, putting them on a on a boat and giving them to a you know a, anybody that wants to pay them the money for it. Um, but there's a, there's is a there's is a situation these days that they have no real friends. People always say, well, the Chinese are basically pulling the strings for the North Koreans, and the North Koreans, you know, do whatever the Chinese say. That's really not true. Um, uh, the North Korea, or China has basically cut off aid to the North, uh, you know, almost completely, and um, because the North won't even listen to them. You know, and China has, you know, a lot of interests in, in the sense that they don't, they don't want the North Korean refugees coming over to their border, um, but at the same time, they're not really too interested in, you know, aggravating that situation down there because war doesn't do them any good at all. I mean, people think that, well, the North Koreans are just doing that to sort of, you know, keep keep the United States out. I think that there's part of it in the sense that China would like to keep it so that the um, the the South Koreans, for instance, aren't on their border, you know, because it'd be a NATO nation and all that sort of stuff um, right on their border uh, and uh, it would have influence on their people and their culture and all this sort of stuff, but... Um, I don't think that they're finding that it, having North Korea there is a better option. I think that they don't have a, a very good relationship, and, um, you know, things are sort of changing for, you know, China these days. I mean, they're bordering all sorts of democratic countries right now, and um, they're making great business deals with them. And, you know, they're moving oil, and they're moving shipping, and they're moving uh cargo and they're you know they're they're involved in you know china's completely modernized in the sense that they're now a nation that you know is not interested really in fighting wars but more mostly interested in just you know um, buying and selling like you know all the other capitalist countries out there and um this ideology that people have where they think well they don't want to have you know they're still communists and blah 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 i mean the government is but uh they're, they're really not and uh, you know the, the the system is capitalist now, and it just has a communist government, and the um, and not a very effective one. I mean, at some point that may end up changing too, because the people are going to get tired of being pushed around by their government. But the, the that whole thing is China's a whole house of cards in and of itself. But North Koreans, you know, 
it would not be, you know, unheralded to see some sort of collapse of that country, but I don't think it'll happen. I just think that, you know, there's nothing that can really sort of make it so it just completely falls apart unless you have a military coup, which now would have been the perfect time to have it. We haven't had it. And so the only thing I can think that could happen on the positive side is this new uh, Kim (laughs) Jong-un gets together and says, hey, let's have an open dialogue, let's change some things. Or he just does more of the same. So that's it for North Korea. You know, I don't have too much to say. You know, if anything else happens, I can come back on and do another show and talk about it. Um, But I don't think, I think, I just think it'll be quiet for a while. I think that... um, you know, there's going to be some talks and some things. The United States has offered to give them biscuits. Um, they wanted rice for their people, but we've said, you know what, we're not going to give you rice, we're going to give you biscuits. And uh, in exchange for certain certain things, um, you know, we're going to give them some, some aid. And the reason we're going to give them biscuits, they, these are like these little, they're like little, you know, almost like crackers in a way that say USA on them for all I know. Uh, is the fact that um, we didn't want to give them something as generic as rice that can be stockpiled as well as um, uh, be on banquet tables of, of rich people in, in North Korea while the people starve, and also that the uh, biscuits are actually like protein fortified and uh, there's vitamins there for like women, things like that that we're going to give them. It was a clever idea to provide them food but to um, limit it to, uh, you know, something that they can exactly use to be uh, as an advantage to their own uh, leadership. Uh, ultimately, you know, the, a dialogue needs to happen, and, and they need to come up with some sort of a solution. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, I think that, if you keep things where they are, status quo, another 50 years like this, and they're going to have themselves a, a missile that can probably reach the United States, and they probably can put a nuclear weapon on it, and uh, be a very threatening country to the rest of the world. And at some point, you have to sort of, you know, contain this problem, or, you know, you come up with a way to... Uh, get a dialogue with them to just change their change their system. I don't know I don't I really don't know how you'd fix it. I don't think war is really the answer here. Um you would think that with people starving and the way everything is that that they could they could turn it around themselves, but um I don't know. If war does end up breaking out because somebody makes a dumb mistake or something, it's going to be it's going to be havoc, man. It's going to be crazy. It won't really affect the United States except our interests over there, the troops that we have on the ground over there. Um, the people that we send over there, but I mean, the United States as a country as a whole won't be really hampered by the North Koreans at all. Um, I just think that the uh, that the end the end result will be a you know a, a freaking nightmare for the whole world. So let's hope that doesn't happen. That's it for a blast. Have a happy New Year, everybody. We'll uh, do it again soon. There's some more requests out there, so I'll try to put up more shows more often. Thanks. Good night. Bye.